All right, welcome to another episode of Comic Book Squares. We're going to be talking to another artist today. My name is Shane. I'm Paul. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Let's get the show started. Okay, I'm Michael Tanner. I'm one of the writers on Orcs in Space. Orcs in Space is a sci-fi, fantasy, comedy, comic book about three idiot orcs who steal the most advanced spaceship in the galaxy and go out on wild adventures. And hey, I'm Francois Vigneault. I'm the artist on the aforementioned title, Orcs in Space. And uh, just like Michael said, it's a lot of fun adventures in space, and uh, we try and add as much like... I don't know, comedy flavor, adventure flavor, action as we can in each uh, in each page, each panel, and each book. Yeah, I mean, the book is just a ton of fun. As soon as you open up, the colors just splash out, and it is, you know, it is just pure comic book enjoyment. Um, so, yeah, kudos to you guys. Uh, one question I had is, is this uh, your first time working together on a project? And then how did that process uh, work as far as a writer and an artist collaborating together? Uh, yeah, this is our this is our, our first project. Uh, this was a very interesting project the way it came together because uh, there are four credited writers on the book, uh, and Francois should really get also a writer's credit. It's probably too <laughs> late to change any of that now, but uh, Francis also uh, Francois also deserves uh, some credit there. Um, so basically, to give kind of origin. Uh, two brothers, uh, Abed and Rashad they came up with the concept they loved the idea of putting like orcs like fantasy orcs in a sci-fi setting uh but they had never written a comic book before um and they are friends going back to their youth with justin roiland the co-creator of rick and morty so they went to justin and were like hey we have this cool idea uh we want to do something with it can you help and he's like i can help let's kind of like massage some of it let's uh let's see what we can do i'm doing the rick and morty comic with Oni Press. Let's see if they're interested. Oni Press was interested, but they're like, these guys have never written a comic book before. Who do we have who needs work? Enter me. Because <laughs> um, uh, they lived in LA, I lived in LA, so it would be easy. This was way back 2018, uh, maybe even 2017 when this first started rolling, so we could do kind of in-person meetings. And mm. so we kind of developed and we came up with the arcs. And then I'm going to let Francois uh, tell how he got involved. Yeah, sure. So as Michael said, um, the writers had been like working together for a while and they had like kind of a writer's room going. They were developing the stories, the arcs and all the characters and everything. And then I think that basically uh, it was go time. Oni was like, OK, like we've been percolating with this for a little while, but now we're going to publish it and it's going to come out uh, next July. Uh, and so we need an artist. And they, I had just finished a book with them called Titan, which is totally worlds away a science fiction also but just uh in a totally different kind of universe very serious socio-political kind of thing but they were like well can you draw a funny comic and i was like yeah sure i can draw a funny comic uh and so we did some uh we did some drawing tests and things like that and you know obviously like we wanted the vibe to fit with the guy's script and so um you know like so there's like a little bit of justin roiland in there a little bit of like influences from stuff that i was reading when i was a kid that are appropriate i think like teenage mutant ninja turtles Yusagi Ojimbo, things like that. Um, and then so I started, I designed the characters, started off to the races drawing the comic, uh, and that was right when the pandemic started hitting. So the, everything got delayed a little bit. The comic, the first arc got pushed off a little bit. Um, and also we didn't get to do all kinds of like those fun 
conventions and things like that. So me and Michael have been doing a lot of podcasts all around the interwebs uh, all over the place. And then I just want to give a shout out to you. You mentioned the colors. And so I just want to mention the colorist is uh, DJ Chavis. And he works with a guy um, who is... Um, Dave, uh, and they work together, and they are are they're the ones bringing that wonderful bright palette to everything. Those sugary sweet <laughs> colors that just pop. Sugar, yes. You'll get yeah, a they... cavity; those colors are so sweet. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so orcs in space. Why? I guess, plainly put, why orcs? Like, what what drove you that direction? <laughs> I think the idea is orcs have a very um, long history and complicated <laughs> and sometimes problematic history in fantasy going back all the way to Tolkien um, where they are very much like they are a insert for whatever the current evil is um, mm. whether it's you know the Germans you know <laughs> if, if we're talking like mm. World War II um, or just like uh, the, and it goes back to kind of uh, pulling stuff like they use a lot of like Mongol energy so it's a lot of like foreign invader so history of orcs is very complicated and there's been a real trend in the last few years, especially to kind of try to rehabilitate that, uh, that concept, <laughs> like the concept in fantasy of like evil races is weird. Um, mm. and like, again, going back to like Tolkien who like templated everything and everyone else is just standing <laughs> on his shoulders awkwardly. Um, so to like take the idea of orcs, uh, and keep a lot of the silliest tropes about them, like that they're like barbarians and like kind of dumb and mm -hmm. really like hone it down to a fine point and then saying, what if they're just the three stooges <laughs> and going from there and then saying like, all right, what if, what if we take the three stooges and we put them in the St right. Star Trek universe? <laughs> Uh, but they just happen to be green and like clubs and skulls and don't know how to behave in polite society. So just the three stooges and kind of go from there. I think that's a huge, uh, huge part of the DNA of the book is just wanting to say like, all right, let's take, I mean, you can do like in our, in the first issue, we also kind of set up the opposite trope of taking our Star Trek analog characters, the star bloops and stranding two of them on the orc homeworld, there could easily have been a book about that. You take two, like, mm -hmm. kind of, like, prim and proper space explorers in, like, the mm. Picard genre and put them on a fantasy monster world and see how they do. So, it, it like, the concept of just fish out of yeah. water just works either way yeah. you, you do it. Definitely. I do too. It yeah, is great. It. it is a great, great book. So much con I mean, there's so much going on in that book, just the backgrounds and, and some of the, you know, I think some of you uh, tied in different things, maybe historically, like you're talking about the turtles and, you know, some of the TV shows, you know, from the eighties and nineties. And almost like he said, you know, with, I, I figured orcs, I didn't know if someone was a huge uh, Tolkien fan or a Dungeons and Dragons fan. You know, it's just interesting to see how you kind of, you know, take all those uh, historical uh, pieces and kind of put those little nuggets in the book. It's it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, Rashad uh, Rashad Gaith, one of the uh, originators. Like he his his kind of origin story with it is he was playing was it Ultima online. He was playing I like think a, that's right. Yeah, an MMO, um, and he just started playing as an orc character, and he fell in with the online orc community, <laughs> and he thought it was just like the most loving and accepting and fun like 
role play community because every like you know a bunch of mages are all gonna be like we are mages casting fireball um where the orcs can be like oh we, we smashed the dragon like it's like there's more like visceral fun yeah. in the orc world right uh and kind of wanting to kind of take that as far as he could um so much where like rashad uh credits writing credit is his online orc character named belgamog <laughs> i saw that nice awesome. that's cool nice well, but if, let me jump in, Paul, before yeah. you ask your question. I just want to uh, kind of tie back into the um, the relationship between the writer and the artist. Um, I know we had talked, to, you know, about how you guys became part of the project and and that. But just as far as working together, um, Francois, did you give you know a few pages at a time to Michael, and then you know talk bounce things back and forth as the writing continued, or did you get a full script and then? do all of the artwork? How did that process working back and forth together happen? It's varied a little bit through the whole series, but basically I've either gotten an issue's worth of script at a time or even sometimes an arc's worth of script at a time. Um, and then I'll do the roughs for as much as I have. So like for the first couple issues, I was doing them an issue at a time. This last arc that I'm drawing right now, I had the whole arc in front of me, like all four scripts for the four issues. And so I drew out, I laid out the whole thing, like the way that I imagined it would work on the page. Um, and so that's me taking like all the ideas and all the like because the guys write like a detailed script but then I'll sometimes I'll nudge it or push it in different directions because I'll think something will work differently on the page than it will um, so I'll push it a little bit and then I send them back all the roughs that I've done so that'll be the whole um, the whole issue or the whole arc in this case and then they'll come back at me and we'll usually we'll either have a meeting or we'll have some emails back and forth um, and then once I once I've got all that approved then they're like okay you go go for it then i just go ahead and i draw as much as as i go so i just do the whole issue at a time um and basically that i work with our uh editor amanda meadows so like that's on all the like tight little edits and things like that um I think maybe because it's such a big, it's just such a big group of people. I think that like getting everyone together for like a tight meeting every like couple pages or something like that, it it might have been a little bit, um, it, you know, it just might have added up to to everything. Especially since it's supposed to be a monthly book, so theoretically I'm supposed to draw 22 pages every month. It it kind of adds up. But uh, yeah, and now I just do the whole thing, and then the guys get a big surprise. I think at the end where like there's a there's a whole there's a whole issue ready ready to go for them to check out. Yeah, it's definitely interesting uh, working like uh, with this is the first like monthly that I've worked on. Um, I've either done like kind of one shots, anthologies or graphic novels, um, which they all kind of work differently. But for a monthly, it's very much and also like when it's a uh, relationship where like I didn't know Francois when when he got hired. I don't, I don't know him from anyone. Um, so like when very early on, you you get very much like granular with notes you're like oh i don't like oh, maybe we should shift his arm a little bit like you you can get very much like kind of lost in the weeds but as you build that relationship as time goes on like literally like i i don't think i've even looked at like the roughs for the final art yeah like i'm just like francois got it like what like i don't i don't need to i don't need to like be like hmm, yes i agree yes i think that's good mm, yes like it's trust like we've built trust over like over the now couple years that we've been kind of working on this and that's very different i haven't had that with every artist like so it's it's definitely interesting and each relationship is kind of unique and i like the way that there's a lot of kind of like set it and forget it 
Uh, like we write it, boom, Francois to figure everything well, else out. It sounds like a, a great organic, uh, like you said, kind of just happens yeah. naturally, right? And organically when, you know, you meet a bunch of people and sometimes, you know, there is a little bit more uh, collaboration needed or a little bit more handholding in certain areas. But when you find that comfort area, it sounds like that you two have found where you kind of, like you said, um, I, it's trust, you know, it's, it's just where I know this person, you know, we're on the same page or we're thinking similar, you know, direction and all, and all that. And it's, it's probably very comforting to, to release some of that kind of management of those details to, to, to another person in, in collaboration. Yeah. So with yeah. that, um, it sounds like you two do have a great, a great working relationship as far as where you're going. So have you like talked about other like story arcs off of this kind of like what you were saying, there could be possibly another book or another story uh, from this, from this project. We'd love to do more. We are not in a position gotcha. where more is going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. This is a great book. Works in Space is a fantastic series. Like uh, on the base level of like like Three Stooges in Space, we're also doing a lot of great stuff with like personhood and like burgeoning sentience and doing a lot of kind of deeper stuff which isn't as bombastic to yeah. talk about but is really a rich story and so we really appreciate when like when people kind of kind of clock that uh but yeah. it came out in a very difficult time um mm. we we would love to do more we had uh abed and rashad and i had a like a, a, a pitch for like um we have some side characters the fuzzballs that are introduced in the second arc we had a whole like pitch ready to go for like a fuzzballs summer super special as like Love a one-off um as it's things like the more people need to discover this book and buy it in order for us to do more. That's like the bottom line and that's the economics of comics like as much as we love yeah. doing this book it costs money to, to make book. There's a paper shortage, you know? So literally like yeah. the last four issues are digital only. It'll come out in print as a collection, mm. but as single issues, it's digital only, which is not great. Like this is oh, me being very yeah. raw and honest about like the state. Yeah. It's yeah. very disappointing because this is a great book. Like between, you know, I not to be at my own butt, but it's hilarious. And I wrote some of those jokes. The art is beautiful. The colors are beautiful. Like it is a really yeah. great book. And I wish more people were able well, to Well, that's, I, I think our goal, right? Is definitely yeah. uh, because I know uh, just thank you again for allowing us to to go through the book and to, and to look at it and view it and read it. And it, it is a beautiful book. Um, and that's what our hopes are with the show is that, hey, you know, if we can help in any way, shape or form, you know, get it out there to a broader audience, no matter, you know, if it's 10 people or 100 people or 1000 people, you know, let's do it, you know, and that's, that's why we're in this space where we're hopefully, again, sharing that, uh, putting that good out there when when people uh, like yourselves are putting out a, just a quality, fantastic product, you know, we, we need to get it in front of more people. <laughs> I mean, that's the bottom line. Mm. yeah that's why thank you for having us yes on. thank you yeah oh absolutely thank you for coming on. and i mean you never you really never know what the future holds for this title for any you know for for anything like i i always try and take the attitude that like we're very hashtag blessed to be able to do this for you know like for our living or part of our living and everything mm -hmm. like that and um it's been like 
just a super fun ride so far you know the book's gonna the third book ends like kind of on like a like a conclusionary arc but also a little micro bit of a cliffhanger so i think that there are a lot of narrative hooks for the future and you never know if it's uh it's going to come back uh in comic book format in other formats as well you know like obviously like there's some like interesting people who are very involved in the world of animation involved with the creation of this thing you never know what kind of like second life that uh that orcs in space is mm -hmm. going to have but then of course then yeah you know me and michael and everybody right now we're still uh at the in the home stretch of finishing up the 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 last volume so our eye our eyes are very much on that also you know so you think about the future but you also think about the present and getting the book out and everything like that sure Sure, absolutely. And so I know I'm sorry, I'm kind of hogging questions. I just have so many questions for you guys. Yeah, you sure I know, I'm Mike. sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> for you two, I... Pull us huh? <laughs> so, um, I So I know it was, um, you know, in talking to you and other creators, you know, obviously the, the COVID era has been very challenging to get out there, you know, whether it's it's local comic book shops or conventions or different things like that, you know, it's made it, it's kind of upped the challenge, right, to, to your point of getting it out there and getting it in front of people. So now that things are starting to kind of loosen up a little bit, I mean, is that um, something where you're trying to do some more, either e even smaller conventions or getting getting it out to, to some of the local shops? Yeah, I have done, um, convention-wise, I've only done Rose City Comic Con, which was this past fall, and that was my first convention back, and it was, it did, it went well. Rose City is a great uh, convention in Portland. Uh, did well on that. I did a free comic book day appearance, which is my first like store appearance. And I think since, uh, I think since issue one came out, um, mm -hmm. so wow. and, like, and that was, that was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. Like the, the best part of this is like talking directly with fans, um, right. either who have read yeah. the book and come to tell you how much they love it or like you who are like, this sounds fun. I want to buy it. Um, cause you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun when they buy books um, so <laughs> yeah. it's yeah just started to get in so so far good experiences i have another convention coming up next month like local here in pacific mm. northwest summer con uh which is going to be interesting because nice. it's um it's kind of an autographed con more which those are always like depending on your table placement are either a nightmare or it's really good because you know someone's stuck in line waiting for George Takei and they're in front of your your table for you know thirty minutes right. they might buy something yeah. or they they just have no interest because they're only there to see George Takei and then leave. <laughs> um, so conventions right. are conventions are wild right now. Um, I, I know a lot of people are are having good experiences, but it's we're still I think in that honeymoon period of people are just excited to be back. Uh, creators are just excited to be back. I think fans um are, are fans and they are always going to be focused on whatever they're focused on um but creators are very excited mm -hmm. to be back and that's a fun um uh, that's a fun kind of place to be emotionally i think as as creators uh that's really, yeah that's exactly fun. yeah absolutely yeah i just was gonna say exactly like it's um the it's been there really has been like a lack of being able to do the events in person because as much as it's a ton of fun i love doing podcasts i love doing um online events i've been doing them for uh for this book and for my last book both of which came out during the during the pandemic in one 
one form or another. And then, uh, but it's, you know, we were, when we started this whole project, we were like, okay, we're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con this year. It's going to be massive and huge and all this stuff. And we did a panel, uh, a virtual mm -hmm. panel at San Diego Comic-Con, but it had to be virtual because it was not, you know, n nothing was happening in person. So it was a huge change, but I'm really happy. Like, I think we've turned around the corner. I mean, we'll see, you know, you never know what's going to come in the future, but I live in Montreal in Quebec. And, you know, we just started to not be able to wear masks in public, right? Like one week ago. So, like, so I'm going to be doing wow. the Montreal Comic Arts Festival next weekend, which um, I've been pretty involved in setting up some of the programming for. I think that's going to be super fun to be back. I think that that's going to be the real start for me of like back into the world. I think I'll be at Toronto Comic Arts Festival in a couple weeks after that as well. That's awesome. Very cool. That was it. That's uh, sorry, Paul. <laughs> you off again. I might as well just hang out. Poor Paul. I, Poor just, Paul. Cut him off. Well, I just, I, I just want because I don't, I don't want to kind of piggyback onto that. Like the, so you know, as far as creators go, you know, did you ha did you feel like you needed to pivot at that point because of the the pandemic to become uh, more innovative in your marketing and the way that you get out there because you weren't able to have access to go to stores or, or conventions. And, and how did that process work to kind of modify? You said you were doing the podcasts, but like, you know, getting out there and, and being more active on social media, like on Twitter or whatever, how did that look like to, to keep the, the momentum going for your book? Uh, it was difficult because uh, it's really hard <clears throat> to kind of get an idea of if things are working. Like sometimes you feel like you're just tweeting out mm -hmm. into the void. Um, so it's definitely kind of like trying to push more on social media. And I went a little old school. I had postcards made up and was mailing out postcards oh, that's to stores. Cool. Oh, uh, nice. With like the final order cut off. Um, no mm -hmm. idea if it worked. I, I have actually, there's, I have one instance where I know it worked because I uh, later visited the store and they were carrying it. Awesome. Um, cool. And like, uh, I'm going to assume that my postcard, worked. <laughs> <laughs> but like, sometimes you just like, didn't, you, you never know, but also like the cost of a postcard, it was worth 50 bucks to me to mail out, you know, a hundred postcards mm -hmm. to different shops around the region. And if it was like a region, like my, my hometown of Great Falls, Montana, that has two comic book stores. I would write a note saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm from Great Falls. Please help support me. Yeah. Um, so I have no idea if that yeah. ever paid off, but, uh, like that's just, I, I went old school because yeah, you can do a lot of podcasts. Like I host a podcast and we talk about every, every month. Um, but like, yeah, it's so hard to actually know like what's reaching and what's working. I love, I love that old school touch. You know, those personal notes, they say, they, they're saying right now, everyone's so again, social media, electronic, 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 that they've talked about how people have actually forgotten forgotten or have never learned how to write a handwritten letter i mean it's crazy to think yeah. that and you're like oh my gosh what you mm. just said michael what the postcard i'm like what a fantastic idea to set yourself apart you know from everybody else right the ocean of of stuff that's out there electronically to do a postcard that is a brilliant idea i love that idea okay paul I'll, i'm uh, i'm gonna stop asking what? questions yeah. <laughs> oh sorry okay. francois I, you know i yeah. oh, francois oh, you had something to say it's okay. I, I I actually have lunch, so I'll just I'll be back. I feel bad for Paul. It's terrible. But I was just gonna say, um, I used to I used to actually, I used to actually run a run a store like a kind of a bookstore, and um, it was a uh, I remember one one year. 
uh, I got a call from somebody, and it was Dave Sim, like the creator of Cerebus. Oh, yeah. And like Dave, you know, he's got some problems or whatever. But um, but I, I I thought it was fascinating. He he was like, okay, you know, I've got a new comic book coming out. It's in Diamond, and the cutoff is like next week. And I was like, Dave, do you call like every store? And he was like, yeah, I call every store. Wow. This is how I do it. I like I call all the stores. And I was like, and I was like, okay, like I would have thought that like the creator of Cerebus could like take it easy or whatever. But I guess not you know wow and i didn't call every store but you know just just like what michael's talking about you know i think i emailed like 150 different stores all around the united states and canada i'm also like obsessive i i don't like social media i do instagram just because i you know like i don't mind looking at pretty pictures and it's easy but i i don't do facebook anymore i've never done twitter it's like all of that it kind of it drains my emotional energy and it i find it a little exhausting but i'm like very obsessive about all sorts of other press stuff i really like getting into the newspaper i like being on podcasts i like getting interviewed i like doing guest blogs and stuff like that and so i'm always looking for that kind of stuff to do um, mm. And that's usually one of the things that I recommend to, you know, people who are getting started in this business or in any creative business. It's that, um, you know, you really have to tell people that you made something. Otherwise, it's very hard to know. We are we live in a sea of content and it's like and I don't even consider like comic books my competition, you know, for the dollar of the consumer. Right. You're also competing with like giant like, you know, with Netflix, with every bit of entertainment that you could possibly get. So um so number one, like I try and have a lot of humility and be like, well, you never know what's going to happen. Just like Michael said, you can never know um, if each little thing that you're doing is going to help get the word out. But I do think that the agglomeration of all those things, the gestalt of all that, hopefully does get like a little bit of energy out there. Plus, number, you know, finally, it's just fun to kind of connect with people. It's fun to connect with the fans, but it's also fun to connect with guys like you all who are doing, you know, like promoting comics, who are interested in what the comics cre cre creators are doing. So that's, to me, it's always fun to connect with everybody. I've got to share my calling a store story. Because uh, it's very <laughs> funny. Um, so this, not for orcs, but several years ago with my first graphic novel series, Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, uh, the marketing team at Oni was like, okay, here's your list of, like, we every creator got a list of stores in their area to call to be like, Hey, volume one's coming out, order it. Um, so I had my list and it's like, Oh, I go to this store. Like, or actually I have a pull box at this store. I'm like, and so I call and like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I have a pull box there. I'm also a creator and I have a new graphic novel series coming out called Junior Bruce. and the owner. And I know it's the owner. Cause I know who the owner is. He just, <sighs> he just sent me an email, man. <laughs> Uh, I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just send you an email. Um, that was the last oh phone call gosh. I made. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that's, oh. that's like cold call. That's like a sales call. And I just immediately was like, oh, I feel really uncomfortable with that. Uh, and it's it's a great store. Francois knows the store. Shane, you might know, no secret headquarters. Um, that, that's a great oh, store. Okay. But just that one like phone experience. I get it. He had maybe gotten several calls that day oh, from man. you know creators or just like, Bad, bad mood at that moment, but it was just the. <laughs> you send me an email. Oh man, <laughs> it's yeah. just like a punch in the gut. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you're like I'm even okay. a customer. I have a pool box. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, every, every day, every, everyone who runs one of these stores, they got a million things yeah. to do. They got to unwrap all those boxes. So it's yeah. both, you know, like we've all been on both sides of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there there's that moment where you need to 
try and give it to an ask and then there's the moment when you someone asks you for something and you it's hard to balance those two yeah. things and i agree i don't do like that's yeah. the same reason that i don't do calls i find it like it's a little too exhausting so i but i <laughs> i hustled those emails man nice. all right paul nice. yeah <laughs> okay paul you're I know. yeah <laughs> Wait, no, you better bring it, Paul. Patiently, Paul. <laughs> this better be good. All right, bring it. Bring us home, Paul. Yeah, this better so, be a good one. Uh, here's what I would say. When I first looked at the book, the first thing it reminded me of was, and I don't know if you guys remember this book uh, quite a few years ago, about maybe six or seven years ago, called I Hate Fairyland, hmm. Scotty Young. Oh, Scotty Young, yep. Yeah. It just, that sort of uh, theme and sort of attitude you brought to it, kind of the slapstick, you know, nature of it. I really dug it. Um so uh, that I, I got to give you a lot of credit. It's hard to sort of balance the creative and the humor and all that. And I listening to all the questions that the guys asked and uh, and the responses you guys had. I mean, it really explained, you know, sort of the origin and where you, you know, kind of the journey you took to get there. So I just I got to give you credit. Um, I think um, the publisher probably ought to promote it a little better for you. You know, we, we look at the big two and we see sort of the you know, the moving comics, the moving panels uh, to support and sort of promote. And I, I think they should do that with more of their books. It's probably not that difficult to do if you've already got a website and you've already got all these, you know, all this infrastructure in place. They probably have a designer that could probably do that stuff. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty pretty low-hanging fruit, you know, for them. But uh, but I give you guys credit. The, it, the book is, it the colors pop. The artist... You know, Francois, you did a great job. Michael, the you know the script is had me cracking up. So, uh, you know, I hope you guys get to do more. <laughs> Us too. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, so, so more comments than guys? questions. But you know, Shane sorry, and Mike like sorry. steamrolled me. So it's cool. You know, it's I don't have yeah I don't have like a little man syndrome or I'm taller than both of them. I'm sure, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next time, next time, buddy. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Paul. We'll get you on the next one. We'll get you on the next yeah, one. We, I mean, typically we're the squares. Today we're the triangles, and I really got cut out. So actually, it's just like the parallelograms here. Well, man, I you know this was this was just yeah. fun just getting a chance to to meet both of you and hear your stories, and you know, I, I absolutely love it. I hope that this helps in some way to to bring some more people to the book. Um, like all of us have said, it's just super fun. And, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a shame when, uh, to hear how things aren't, aren't reaching an audience. And, and that's what we're, that's what our hope was from when we created this, this show was that we can bring, uh, attention to the, the smaller publishers, the people that are out there working hard and, and putting out great stuff. Um, so, you know, not everything has to be, you know, some, some person in a cape, you know, fighting crime. Sometimes you can just, you know, have some fun and, and just enjoy beautiful artwork and, and, and laugh a little bit. So I, I'm just so happy you, you guys have, have worked together to bring this to the, to the world. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic stuff. Great entertainment. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's a really important concept too out there that, that, that I think is, uh, 
pertinent, which is like the long tail, right? Like you put out something like a piece of like, like a product or, you know, a book, or in this case, you know, even for you guys, you've got this podcast and then it's just going to exist for years and years and years. So it's that like that long, the, you know, maybe only like a couple people are going to listen to it over the, you know, at any certain point, you know, there's a peak right now, but that long tail, it diminishes very, for a very long time. And so like you guys with your podcast, people are going to be listening to this for years. You're like, you're going to have new people discovering it. And the same thing for this book and all the other books that we're going to do, you know, like they're, they're out there, they exist. And so, you know, from years from now, someone's going to discover, um, Orcs in Space, just in the same way that I discover books from years and years in the past, still today, and then you become a fan of something in the future. So um, and once once things go out there, they have a life of their own, they exist for a long time, and I think that that's a, that's a good way to think about it also. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, your mindset, it seems like, you know, talking to, to a lot of uh, creators, and, and we've had, we've been blessed to actually have some some international creators come on from from Scotland and London and, and things like that and even uh, like Syria, Moscow, where where you know it, things are not you know in a in a bubble. You know things are very very random out there. And to see how people, you know, just your mindset of overcoming some of these challenges. And you two have touched on that a, a lot. You know during the pandemic. You know kind of pivoting and, and taking things into into a different direction and like you said it's it's basically planting those seeds and see what comes to fruition at some point and not giving up and keep you know keep pushing it and Francois you said perfectly you know that that long that long historical uh tale you know that's out there and you know if someone if it takes you know i i relate it to sometimes you know kind of the popular things that are happening right now on the sci-fi and and you know uh comics industry you know things have been characters have been out there for 30 years and it has taken sometimes that long maybe a little less maybe a little longer to, to actually reach that popularity so again sometimes planting those seeds hopefully they come to fruition quickly but in some cases it may take a little while but i i hope it does happen in, in all shapes and forms for for you all it's a beautiful, beautiful book. I, I've looked at some of your other creations that you have put out there, and that's what it's about, just getting it in front of just a few more people, and hopefully we can we can spread it out to the masses. So wonderful work. So cool. Well, thanks again. Thanks so much for, for taking the time guys. to come on. And we Thank appreciate you again. It. Thank you, guys. Take care, guys. Take it easy. All right. Best of luck. All right. Well, that was another fantastic episode. Uh, please hit the like, subscribe, and notification bell so we can keep bringing you content like this. And uh, we're always looking out for the little guy out there. We'll see you on the next one.